welcome to the Relationship Anxiety Podcast. I'm Rose McKell, and today we're talking about useful fighting strategies and managing the relationship anxiety. All right, guys, welcome to part two. So today we're talking about fighting still, but this portion of our part two episode is focused on more useful strategies, what to do in an argument that's going to help you, help you, as well as kind of dealing with the relationship anxiety that might be coming up for you as you navigate disagreements. So one is being able to be okay with not having 100% resolution, where we 100% agree. I think a lot of times with arguments, we're looking for that. We're looking for each other to be exactly on the same page. And a lot of times, we don't have to be. Gottman Gottman Institute's done a lot of research on disagreements and arguments, and they talk about how every relationship has perpetual problems. These are problems that are going to exist throughout your entire relationship. Now, before you get too freaked out by that, this is, again, every single relationship, I think has about like 10 of them, perpetual problems. And these are just nature of people being different. So someone who tends to be on time versus late, someone who tends to be clean versus messy, like spontaneous versus planned, whatever it is, our different personalities clash. And most of the times when we argue, it tends to be on trying to get the other person's nature to match ours. Like, we're on time and they should become an on-time person. We're a clean person and they should become that too. So, a lot of times when we're arguing like this, it doesn't tend to go anywhere because we're probably not going to change some of these quirks or natures about our partner, right? Like, so for example, my husband is a very on-time person and I tend to be a more late person. And, you know, we definitely have disagreed and argued about it. And it's one of those things that we're never really going to get the other person to fully be on the same page as us. But where we're at is we understand where the other person is at. Like, I understand why being on time is so important to him. I understand why he values it. And he also gets why it's hard for me and why I struggle with it and what are other things I may be prioritizing. So when we disagree, it can look like like trying to understand what is going on for the other person. Like, why, why is this important to them? Why does it matter? One of the most useful skills we can practice is being able to be curious about what's going on for them rather than jumping to labels and assuming things is being like, huh, I wonder why they really want to be on time. You know, for my husband, it was like the way he was raised and the way his parents were raised and their families were very strict about that and it was a very important thing and you were not late. And, And so being able to understand that and get that rather than just using it as a way to label him of, oh, he's too uptight, is just getting like, oh, it makes sense, right? Whereas I was raised by a family that we tended to be late to things a lot. So just like getting the other person and 
and being curious to get there rather than just labeling and making assumptions is genuinely like, huh, I really wonder why this person is doing this. I wonder why my partner's choosing this. And that opens us up to having a more productive conversation and being more receptive to them. And another thing is, again, accepting some of those things that are going to be different about us, those perpetual problems. Rather than trying to fix your partner all the time to be a certain way, is being okay with, yeah, that's just part of the deal with my person. And, you know, there's some aspects that I love about it. Or maybe I'm not as crazy about it, but it's okay. He's allowed to have these different parts of him that are different from me. And like accepting that rather than trying to change it. Another useful skill when we're disagreeing is to practice understanding where they are right. How do we agree with our partner? In what ways are our goals aligned? And that perspective can really help get us to not be so polar opposite, me against him, but really seeing where do we match up? Because I guarantee you there are ways that you do agree with each other. Like, you know, with the example of being on time, even though sometimes I'm wanting to take my time with things, you know, I get why it's important to him. And, you know, he probably is right. It probably is better to be on time. And a lot of people do prioritize that and it does it is more respectful right like I can see I agree with him actually honestly more than I agree with being late (laughs) it's just honestly a flaw with me that I need to work on more but being able to find those overlapping areas where we are right so for example of maybe politics you know you might have different political opinions and the tendency might be to try to prove who is right from a political perspective, rather than maybe understanding like, okay, what are things that we do agree on? And maybe that looks like we agree on these certain policies, or maybe it's even looking deeper, which is understanding why do they value this thing? So, you know, let's say that maybe you debate about welfare and one of you really thinks welfare is a great idea and the other person doesn't. And maybe when you understand like, oh, this person, you know, like why is welfare so important to them? And you realize the thing underneath it that they really value is taking care of other people. And that that's why it's so important to them. Because even if maybe you don't agree with the way something's executed, the thing that, that, that your partner values, you might appreciate or respect or even be like, yeah, I think that's right. And you guys might have different ideas of how it should happen, but understanding why, what's the value. So really looking for that common ground, finding where they're right, being willing to acknowledge that. And even if it's not a surface level thing is going deeper, what is the thing my partner values here? Because chances are I probably value something pretty similar or I can totally appreciate why they value and why that's important to them. So 
can you shift your goal in the argument from I want to be right and I'm trying to prove him wrong to can I understand where they're coming from? The next thing I think is really important, once we're in that place of genuinely working to understand where the other person is coming from and what's going on for them, like seeing where they are right, is being willing to express where you're at, how you feel about it, and being honest all the way. So not just presenting your side of it to try to prove them right um, or not saying what's on your mind because you don't want to upset them, but just acknowledging everything that's going on for you, which is like, hey, you know, I hear where you're coming from and, you know, I'm kind of feeling a little scared right now and I'm nervous to say this, but this is kind of what comes up for me and this is kind of what I'm thinking and this is where I'm at and this is how I think would be the best way to approach this. Like, not just sharing, like, where your opinion starts, <laughs> where their sense and where's your, where your starts, but, like, again, acknowledging where you see they're right, what values you agree with, and adding to it. And being willing to be honest and acknowledge, like, why this is maybe hard for you to talk about or kind of what you're feeling. Like, being willing to be vulnerable there can help connect you further. Now, we have to be willing in an argument for our partner to have whatever feelings are going on for them. Like, it's okay for them to feel upset. It's okay for them to feel hurt. It's okay for them to be anxious. Whatever emotions are going on for them are okay and they're valid. A lot of times, it might be easy to kind of try to control how our partner is feeling and be reactive and responsive to that emotion. I notice particularly um, in the clients I coach who are more in the self-centered relationship anxiety where the fears are a lot about if my partner loves me or not, that there can be a tendency to hyper-focus on not only how their partner is feeling during an argument or disagreement, but what to say in order to get the conversation exactly right. So what this might look like is really mentally rehearsing exactly how how to bring this up or how to respond in order to make sure your partner doesn't get mad. Or if you maybe notice negative emotions in your partner and you start frantically going into fix-it mode and how do I make sure they don't feel this way? How do I get rid of this feeling for them? And this is like such a tempting thing for us to do because we have these fears of they might not love me. And so we want to, in the argument, create more security. And we do that by, okay, if I script this perfectly and I say all the things just right and they don't feel angry or mad at me, then I know I'm okay and I'm good and they're not going to leave. But the thing is, you could create the most perfect thing to say to your partner you could not say anything at all. And your partner still might feel frustrated or mad, possibly. Even if you handled it perfectly. I think sometimes there is a tendency to 
use our partner's emotions to gauge and be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that because they got angry versus like, maybe it's okay that I said that, right? Not beating yourself up for it. Like give your partner space to have the emotions that they have in the argument and just trust like this is their way of processing it. This is their way of dealing with this and allow them to have space for that rather than making their emotions about your insecurities. You got to be able to separate that is no like their feelings right now have nothing to do with my lovability or our relationship. They're just feeling angry right now. They're just feeling mad. Give them that space to experience that rather than making it automatically mean all these things and trying to get your partner, trying to hurry and fix it, trying to hurry and get them to feel better in order to relieve your anxiety. Because they might just need some time to feel some of these feelings. And that is okay. I almost think about it a little bit like a toddler. (laughs) Not to compare you or your partner to toddlers, but we all have a little toddler inside of us, I think, that freaks out about little stuff, so it's fine. (laughs) But if you had a toddler that was freaking out about something, like, because you didn't give them a cookie, you wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a horrible parent. I shouldn't have done that. Like, no, I I still, that's still like kind of my thing that I stand by is not giving them a cookie. And I get that they're upset. Totally fine. I'm not going to make that mean I'm a bad parent. I'm not going to hurry and change tactics. Like, they might just need to scream it out for a sec. And me trying to talk them out of it or calm them down or offer them something different might just make them more upset. So being able to have the capacity to recognize that with your partner which is they might have a lot of emotions coming up and we don't have to make it mean anything about us as a partner. We don't have to try to fix it. I genuinely believe one of the most loving things we can do for ourselves and for our partner is to allow for those negative feelings. Like, what better way to validate your partner than to acknowledge their frustration, to to let them experience that and not invalidate it by trying to hurry and get them out of it, by trying to hurry and fix it. Like, that message sends that, like, their negative emotions aren't okay and that they shouldn't be feeling that way. And we're doing that, of course, from our own place of insecurity, right? But to imagine, like, when we're in a place of accepting their negative emotions, letting them be there, not being in a rush to fix it, we're more in a place of actually loving them where they're at. We're not loving them on the condition of them changing or feeling better. We're loving them right now, even while they're upset. And we can feel sympathy for them being upset. We can keep talking to them about the issue at hand. 
but doing it from a grounded place of they have permission to feel however they're feeling and we don't have to own it we don't have to take it on like the most loving thing you can do is to let them be where they're at to not force them out of their negative emotions when they're not ready for it yet And the more comfortable we can get ourselves with those negative emotions that our partners experience, we're going to have so much more confidence having conversations with them about hard things. Like being able to hold that space for their feelings. Now we're willing to bring up things that, yeah, they might have some negative emotions on. That, yeah, might trigger them a little bit. Because otherwise... When we're so focused on our partner not feeling negative things, we avoid bringing it up. We don't talk about it, right? Or we're just very focused on it. It has to be the perfect thing to say at the perfect time in order to ensure my partner doesn't feel that way. But then what we're doing is we are not creating genuine connection with them, right? Because we're not being honest and we're not sharing things that are coming up for us we're hiding and shoving it down in the name of preserving their emotions and making sure they don't get frustrated versus letting them genuinely connect with you, being willing to open about up about things, being willing to say how you're feeling, what's going on for you, what you're concerned with, what you're frustrated about, even knowing your partner might have a negative emotional reaction to that. And that is okay. Now, with that said, one thing to keep in mind when you are having an argument or disagreement and you're having negative emotions come up is to be aware of your own nervous system's response. If you notice you are going into fight or flight mode where it's becoming overwhelmingly intense your heart is racing, you're having a hard time breathing, like, you know, you are maybe wanting to yell, or it's getting really intense for you, is that is a great moment to just pause and tell your partner, like, hey, I need to go take a walk. Like, I love you, and I want to come back to this. Like, just for me to have the best conversation with you, Or I'm going to, like, or even just during the conversation, taking deep breaths, like being very aware of um, breathing, like being okay to say, hey, let's go to bed right now and let's talk about this in the morning. I want to revisit this. So make sure you are regulating your own nervous system and doing what you can to make sure we're not in that fight or flight response because our best arguments (laughs) and disagreements are not going to happen from that space, right? That's where it's going to get super heightened and intense. So don't be afraid to take a pause if you need to. And communicate that to your partner. Don't use that taking a pause or a break as a way to just storm off. Like, let them know, like, hey, I'm going to come back to this. I just need a sec. It's okay. You're allowed to do that. And then one tip that I think is super fun is I actually really like um, being able to bring humor and fun into disagreements. Um, (laughs) Some of my favorite moments have been, like, when not my favorite moments, (laughs) but arguments that I think my husband and I have navigated very well 
are moments where humor was able to be brought in. So something like me being really kind of stubborn and honorary and my husband being able to make a joke and laugh about it and I realize what I'm doing and I laugh too. Or one of definitely our perpetual problems <laughs> is I am very, very like, I'm not like super detail-oriented person, whereas my husband is. And that like definitely is a strength he has. Like he, he does woodworking and he's very talented at building things because he pays attention to the details. I'm kind of a like slap it together, get it done and move on kind of person. <laughs> and so that can show up in little things like around the house. Um, for example, I am very neglectful about closing my water bottle lids. I forget to shut them all the way. And just because I, my brain's like onto the next thing and I'm again, not paying attention to the details. And this is something he's asked me multiple times because I will leave the water bottle lid off and we will get spills. And that obviously is very annoying, <laughs> especially when the water bottle is spilling on your side of the bed, not mine, my husband's. <laughs> and so understandably, he's felt frustrated with that and he's asked me like, hey, can you please leave this on? And it's one of those things that like I try and I make an effort on, but you know, I just forget sometimes and I'm not thinking and it doesn't happen. And so sometimes it can be easy to use that as a thing to, okay, now we're going to start labeling. Like for me to be like, you're being so tight. It's not that big of a deal. And for him to be like, well, you're not really listening to me. You're not paying attention to what I've asked, right? This is frustrating. And you're being careless. So both of us could have a tendency to want to label each other because of that. And what we found has been so useful is to just bring humor into this again. And so little things like my husband being like, hey, somebody spilled water all over the movie room. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, who would do that? This awful person spilling water all over the movie room. <laughs> This person should never be allowed to ever have water bottles again. And we can laugh about it. And he's able to remind me. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, I know this is something I need to work on. And I can bring some humor into it. And we can kind of laugh about it and not take it so seriously. So I think finding ways to lighten it up when possible can really help things not feel so heavy. And then it's important, obviously, to create a sense of resolution for you guys. And that resolution, I think a lot of times, again, if we're looking for it to be 100% we're agreeing on it, might not happen, right? We're not necessarily going to be exactly on the same page. We might have a perpetual problem, right? Where it's we have some different nature and personality dynamics that we're not going to change. But being able to come to a place of yeah, I'm acknowledging where you're coming from and I love you. Like, I think being able to just make sure you connect physically, some form of hug, you know, if you need to apologize for taking anything out of hand and also knowing your partner might not be in that place where he's ready to fully resolve it, right? They might be kind of done talking about it. And let that be okay. 
to not keep trying to drag it out of him. And even if you need to take a minute to just acknowledge to yourself of like, hey, good job kind of acknowledging what you're feeling and why this is important to you and for standing up for yourself on this thing and good job understanding him and what was going on for him here. Giving yourself some sense of like, hey, good job handling this and navigating it. Now it's time to set this down. Let's put this bin back, right? And maybe you kind of do that with your partner where you acknowledge like, thanks for talking about it and you hug and you put the bin back or maybe it's something we aren't verbally acknowledging but we're going to do internally because our partner is not in that space where they're ready to do that and that's okay. So once that's all said and done and we've put that bin back of our, our argument that we got out, is now we can pull out that bin of relationship anxiety and all of those thoughts that are bubbling up of what if he doesn't love me, what if he isn't bright, all of those thoughts that we know our brain tends to spin out on. And now we can focus on those. And I wouldn't just hurry and bring this out after a disagreement where again, maybe you notice you have more emotions. Give yourself a little bit of space do something fun for you, let yourself calm down a little bit, and then we can kind of take a look at this bin, right? Maybe give yourself a break after all the organizing on the first bin. (laughs) And what I love to do, I think is so useful to just put all your thoughts on paper. Just write out like, he said this, he said that, I'm worried it's not right, he might not really love me. Or have a coach, have a therapist, you can like Put all those thoughts out there and like, hey, this is everything in my head. It's going on for me. And this is me doubting now, right? And I'm worrying about this thing. And then I want you to get clear on what are the facts. Like what actually happened? So often after an argument, our brain is going 90 miles an hour telling us this catastrophe story. But like, what did he your partner say? What did you say? What did you do? What did he do? Things that are very straightforward and clear and evident. Because often we're very quick to label moments as a fight. I noticed this with my clients where they'll tell me my my partner and I had a fight. And I ask, what, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? And they describe it to me about what happened. And it looks so different for every person. Like some of my clients, it's like they had a slight different opinion with their partner. You know, other people it like might be yelling. But the fight, like fighting, is not a universal thing that we all agree like that was a fight. Because some people might look at your disagreement and think like that was just a conversation. I think labeling it as a fight automatically can kind of bring up some anxiety and some tension because it's like, oh my gosh, we had a fight and we make it this big heavy thing. When really just getting clear on, what are the facts? He said this, I said this. Make it really plain and simple. When we start talking about it being this fight, 
Now we're starting to kind of dramatize it. And then start kind of questioning yourself, right? Like we have all these beliefs that tend to come up about disagreements, that this is bad and this is wrong and um, this means we're not going to work. And notice all these thoughts come up without just getting caught in them. And even like taking a minute to kind of question yourself. Like, how is it possible this conversation actually might have brought you closer together? How did you develop your skill for being able to disagree and argue? What was some progress that you noticed in yourself? What if it wasn't a, such a bad thing to disagree? What if nothing has gone wrong here? Like, what if this really was just about having different ideas for a timeline on engagement? Or what if this really was just about he likes to be on time? And these literally have nothing to do with how you guys feel about each other. You were thinking this time for getting engaged. He was thinking this time has nothing to do with whether or not he loves you. Being able to kind of step back and question all the things your brain's just throwing at you. Like, does this really mean he doesn't love me or I don't love him? Or is it possible this was just us being humans and not having our best moment? Like, how really could this conversation be an opportunity for us to move forward from it? And let yourself process all of the feelings of anxiety that may be coming up for you. And then allow it to be something that we put back in the box. That after the argument, we don't spend weeks ruminating about if he's right or if we're not in love or whatever. Is letting ourselves set it down again and not getting so swept away in it. And I think that's one of the most powerful ways to recognize progress in handling relationship anxiety is to be able to have a disagreement, have some of those fears come up, deal with those two things, and move on. Keep going. Keep enjoying your relationship. And know this is just part of the challenge and also part of what makes having a partner so rewarding because if this was just easy and we agreed on 100% of the things we wouldn't be growing this wouldn't be pushing us we wouldn't need to change in any way we would just be able to stay the same right it would almost be like being single right but even if we were just by ourselves all the time, <laughs> we still have arguments and disagreements with ourselves. And that's almost how I look at when we start dealing with the relationship anxiety portion. Is it, It's just almost like a fight and argument within ourselves where we're debating this. So being able to acknowledge yourself and how you're feeling. Understand that your brain's trying to protect you. And be willing to kind of question it a little bit. Not getting overly attached 
to what your brain is offering you. And really use this as a chance for you guys to keep growing together. Genuinely, what if it's not a problem that you fought? What if it really is okay? What if this is your process of growing and learning and loving together? All right. Thanks so much for tuning in today, you guys. You have a beautiful weekend, and we'll talk next week. Bye.